Welcome back to another episode of Soul Back. This is Kyle. I've got Ed with me. And Ed, where's Tom? Is he listening to that J. Cole album? <laughs> I have no idea what Tom is doing, but I guarantee it involves him eating something bland. Man, I was on your Soul and Stereo Cypher yesterday and someone compared that J. Cole album to a TED Talk. That's rough. <laughs> It was hilarious. Y'all, if you are not a member of the Soul and Stereo Cypher on Facebook, please go join it. Throw it in your search bar. We got some characters in there, and we just talk hip-hop and R&B all day, just like this podcast. It's hilarious. Shout out to the group. Love my homies. No, absolutely. But, man, we have so much to talk about in R&B once again. And I just want to let you guys know that we have a special guest in the building later on today. Ed, we've got our once upon enemy, but I guess our friend now, Pleasure P. Pleasure P, play that beef is gold. It's old now. No beef with Pleasure P. So he's coming through to talk about his projects, talking about R&B and talking about how I don't know why R&B male groups have just disappeared off the face of the planet. Pretty Ricky is one of the last groups, so hopefully he can give us an answer as to why why R&B groups are an endangered species. That is a scary thing, and man, you already know I love Pretty Ricky, so we have so much to talk about. But, um, Ed, I want to quickly go into our fan love section, if I may. Mm-hmm. This one comes from our listener, Tashima Oates. She says, one of my favorites is Brandy's debut album. It dropped in September of 1994. I was in seventh grade. It also came out a few weeks into the new school year. What I remember most is how I played that album every day during 94-95 school year. Still play it today. That's something that you must have gone through back in your heyday, right? Of course. I was a little older than that. I think I might have been in like maybe eighth or ninth grade when that dropped. But I think fans, younger fans may not realize this, but in many ways, Brandon was kind of the, and I'm not talking about levels of talent, so don't tear me up, Beehive. But in a lot of ways, you can compare her to Beyonce because she was this young artist who came on with a huge fan base. She was doing, she was coming from, she had like a lot of acting appeal, a lot of cosigns from major artists. And she delivered a solo album that really delivered. It was highly anticipated, and she really set the tone. So, at early Brandy, psh, that album was great, and her buzz was just beginning to build. It was just more of, I think, a future that was going to dominate R&B for her. I, the only thing I didn't like about that album was them freaking inner news. I dedicate, <laughs> I dedicate, all right, chill. Yeah. <laughs> But man, it's so interesting to hear her story and how she played that record for like a whole year straight during that school year. And like, let's say, for example, this Maya album that just came out dropped on Friday. I bet there were a handful of people that listened to it when it dropped on Spotify at midnight. It's kind of going to be interesting to see who else is still listening to that album past that moment in time and if they're going to still be listening to it a week later. Uh, uh, probably not. And no offense to Maya, the album I thought was pretty okay. I talked about it on soulandstereo.com. Go check that out for a review of Maya. But it's not an album that, unfortunately, will go down as being timeless. It's not an album that I feel like introduced a new star like Brandy's did or is filled with kind of head-turning singles like Brandy's was. It's just a different era, and we get so many more albums these days and my albums are much, much more, I, I want to say disposable, but not in a negative way. Because 
they're so if an album dropped in 1994, the only way you were gonna hear it is if you go spend your 9.99 at Camelot or wherever you buy your music. Now, if you want to hear, oh, a new album dropped, I'll go hear it on Spotify while I clean up the house, and that's 45 minutes of your life that you may just toss aside and not listen to it again, or you might cherry pick a couple songs and put on your playlist. So it's really hard for an album these days to really become as magical and really as cement itself as it was, as opposed to the days in the nineties, even Maya's earlier albums are something that can be attested to that. But for these days in 2018, it's pretty hard for an album to stay in our consciousness. That Cardi B album y'all were rattling about two or three weeks ago. Player, please. If y'all still listen to it in two months, I will be shocked. <laughs> but, Ed, let's go into this Maya album, TKO, The Knockout. Yeah. Um, our good friend DJ Soulchild has already proclaimed it to be the worst R&B album of 2018. Oh, Is please. this true? Listen, I mean, shout out my man Soulchild. That's my boy, but absolutely not. Now, his argument was the album was too slow and boring. It is a very mellow record. But that is by design. It's meant to be a grown and sexy R&B album. So it's pretty mellow. But she's smart enough to kind of change the pace and tone a little bit. And it's well produced. She has a couple really good songs on there. So while it doesn't set the world on fire, it's not the worst album of the year. Not even the worst album of the month, Chrisette Michelle. Ooh. You know what? I gotta say, like, the production on that album sounded like it actually had a budget on it, which is uh, a better <laughs> oh thing God, for R&B these days. But, man, the Ready for Whatever records, two and three, those were both pretty good. Good lord, they were good. Like, I I like how they were kind of like a continuation, and those were really well done. If you're a fan of Maya, I really suggest checking out that album. It's pretty solid. And we got to give some love for her for giving a shout out to one of her best songs, Fallen, on the intro. Yeah, and no one seems to remember that song. Again, that was a song we were talking about on the Cypher two or three weeks ago. And I really like that song. It kind of gets brushed over among Maya's more popular songs. But that's a great song, and it kind of got a shout out on the first record on the album. So props to the girl. Absolutely. Now, Ed, I've got some very exciting news for you. And I want you to hold mm-hmm. your excitement for as much as you can. But 702 will be going on tour soon. I think they're doing a full-blown reunion. Woo, my girls. I love me some 702. For those who don't know, their debut album is one of my favorite albums of all the time. And I can't even tell you why. It came out, I think, like around senior year of high school. So maybe that's why it's very memorable to me. Because that was just a fun time in my life. But man, I love that album. And I love me some 702. Do you think it will, I mean, I hate to ask it because I think we both know the answer to that, but do you think it makes sense for them to come back? Was it too long? Is it the right timing? What do you think? Uh, well, yeah, don't make me say negative things toward my girls. I think that <laughs> it's not the timing necessarily isn't the best, but really it's one of those things of, you know, what you're waiting for. Either go for it or don't. See what happens. Maybe it could make magic. Maybe it doesn't, but you won't. You know, all you're going to be doing left with is what ifs if you don't take that step out. So good for them for doing it. No, it's not going to be some seismic shift in R&B. But if a lot of fans like me can see them out doing their thing again, then cool. You know what? If they can give me at least one record that is as good as I Still Love You, 
I'll be alright, because that Neptune song right there, that's like one of the best from that early 2000s era. Easily play. I remember reading an article years and years ago um, from the Associated Press back when I worked there with Pharrell and Pharrell proclaiming that like one of the best beats he ever made. And I cannot disagree. Actually, you know what? Kanye did an interview when the college dropouts uh, came out, too, and he said that was one of the best R&B songs that came out during that time. Definitely. Oh, what a great record. And I really thought that that was going to be the one that would put them back on track, but it's weird. They just dropped that star single, which I kind of did not like. I remember the video. They were like sitting in a shopping cart, and I'm like, why are you in a shopping cart? You're like 20 years old. Get out of the shopping cart. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I want to give a quick, um, I don't even know how to put this, but I read some crazy things in on the internet last week, and this is actual facts, so I'm not just talking gossip, but as you guys know, K. Michelle got her um, her juicy booty. Can we say that, Ed? <laughs> I'll allow it, player. Oh, my God. They, they removed her juicy booty um, at her request because it was giving her health complications, and... Um, yeah, I looked on Instagram the other day, and it looks like she's in a wheelchair, so I hope K. Michelle gets better soon. No, I haven't. They got the girl in the chair like Professor X, because they took a butt out. What is going on in 2018? But this is... Yeah. <sighs> Listen, I'm behaving. Tom ain't here. I, behave. I can hear him whispering in my ear. I'm not dissing. But I need everyone who... We're in this era where it's kind of like, do what you want, and if I want to buy a fake butt, that's fine. That's fine as your money. But realize that there are health repercussions that come to this thing. So you can stuff a whole bunch of cement in your butt cheeks if you want to. But player, that is not meant to be there. And you're going to have some serious issues coming down. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other thing I read on the article, and, you know, if it were, I mean, it's 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 really crazy. But Mariah Carey, um, she's getting sued by her ex-manager, Stella, and one of the things that Stella said was that there was one evening where Mariah came home and was in disarray because she was expecting Ed are you ready Michael Jackson Prince and Whitney Houston to be at the dinner table no I haven't Mariah call Nick somebody get the babies what in the world pray for you girl why is she I don't want her sitting around wishing for the ghosts of R&B past present and future up there sitting at the dinner table waiting for her to, oh my lord, somebody get that girl some peace of mind. Damn, can you imagine a dinner with Mariah, Whitney, Michael, and Prince? First of all, you're not getting a word in edgewise with those four. No. <laughs> I mean, because Prince and Michael are a little left-centered left, left as well. They're a little, I guess, what you would call it weird, but it's like, man, that would be an interesting dinner. Weird. Honestly, if you want to talk weird, Whitney's going to be the craziest one of them all. And don't let Bobby be there. He still fries his chicken and crack. So he's going to be looking for the cocaine to fry his chicken in. So let's just leave actually, this dinner party alone. I actually read about that, and that's like the craziest thing ever. Um, he said I, I didn't into, make it up. Uh, well, <laughs> um, I want to get into this. And we don't really have to go into it too much, but I, it is important for us to to note this. But Ed, R. Kelly's lawyer, publicist, and longtime assistant have all quit for, uh, from working with R. Kelly. And this is all leading up to this documentary that BBC is putting together. 
called R. Kelly Sex Girls and Videotapes. This drops, I believe, later this month. Is this all a coincidence or is this this is done by design? Play uh this is the part we really need to make a bumper that comes on this um podcast that just says dun 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 please direct all tweets following this message to E. T. Bowser on Twitter because this is that part where I do that. I won't say much because I know how the R. Kelly stands get when we talk about their man. But you need to look at the facts. If that man's entire team is jumping ship when yet another and long line of allegation comes against them, player, when there's smoke, there's fire. I know you like his songs, but when there's smoke, there's fire. And I'm going to leave it at that. And do you know what R. Kelly's response to all of this was on Twitter? What, something to have to do with a pea-soaked diaper? Nope. The after-party tour continues. It will be hitting up the next city. Oh, my gosh. I want to say so much, but I'm trying to behave. Hide your wife, hide your kids. That's all I'll say. (laughs) Hide your wife and kids. Listen, Ed, May 11th, he's going to be in North Carolina for the Memory Lane tour. Just no. make sure that all the schools are closed. It, it, that's all I'm saying. All right, all right. Let's calm down here. But let's get into the Play a Please Award then, Ed. We have two, as we normally do. And we're talking about mm-hmm. tours here. And this is a big, gigantic, monumental, huge tour announcement. Lauren Hill will be going on the 20th anniversary of the Miss Education album. She's going to be doing a whole tour around that. City to city, the first stop is VA. Oh my goodness, they are stopping in my hometown. Listen, players, I recognize it's been this. I will say this: it's been this weird kind of. I don't know what it is. It's kind of like retelling of history. Where I hear in a lot of people that say that um, the miseducation of Lauryn Hill album wasn't as good as people said, and it wasn't as iconic as people said, and it wasn't as legendary as people say it listen from someone who was there in 1998 that album was humongous and it is still one of the best albums of its era maybe one of the best albums of all time i will stand by that and i love lauren i know she has had her issues but if y'all keep giving money to somebody who never shows up for work or might not show up for work or might show up for work seven hours late Player, Kyle, if you go to your job and you are consistently eight hours late every time you come in, would you still have your job? Probably not. I would be fired probably the second day in. I love Lauren, but why we got to make excuses for the lady? If y'all love her cool, if you want to spend $100 on her tickets, good for you. You better hope they told her the wrong date so maybe she'll get there on time because... Good luck. Now, I know she came to Birmingham maybe a year or so ago, and she showed up. She was late, but she showed up. I did not go because I got better things to do with my money. But hope you all have a good time (laughs) and hope she shows up before Thanksgiving. But on the real, Ed, I I had to reach out to Twitter because I was like, all right, maybe she is a little tardy. Maybe her attendance is questionable. 
But how is the actual performance? And from what I read from various people that commented, she doesn't even perform like the original records. It's like a revamped, reworked, and remixed version of her songs. Well, from what I heard when she comes, it was sort of similar where it's not the the album quality, studio quality that you're used to. It's kind of like this weird reinterpretation of the song. I don't know if she vocally just can't do what she used to do or if she just wants to put a different spin on it. <sighs> Again, if you want to see Lauren Hill, she is one of the best of our generation. I don't care what the youngest try to tell you. She is. She really set trends. She is legendary. But if you go there hoping to hear Lauren from 1998 off that album, good luck to you. And then I read one of the best comments on your cipher, actually, that said, every R&B fan has a Lauren Hill concert experience. And even if you don't have friends at a party, you'll make friends just because you have that experience. <laughs> you all struggle together, player. Damn. <laughs> Um, and the second player, please, award, we mentioned him earlier, and he's not necessarily R&B, but he has done some R&B records, Kanye West. Well, first off, oh, he boy. announced that he's going to be releasing a bunch of albums coming up, uh, a solo album, one with Kid Cudi, Pusha T's next album, and Tiana Taylor, who we all love, her next album. But that's not about that. That's a, that, that can be a discussion for another time. This discussion is about his new Yeezys that he's about to put out, Ed. Player, have y'all seen these shoes? Now, I have, I, as many of you know, I mentor a lot of kids in this city. And they will, like, get these Yeezys. These Yeezys are $400, $500. They're getting them from eBay from $600. They look like some shoes that my grandma knitted, but someone dipped in some Easter egg dye. Like, why are y'all hype over these shoes? And I'm not saying that you have, they have to look like Jordans, but I want them to look more like not look like new balances from 1991. Y'all paying this much money for these shoes that I cut grass in? And that, my friend, is why R&B is dying. <laughs> there are I'm many reasons why R&B is struggling, but good Lord. Kanye and his tw Twitter rants that people are calling genius, and it's just him rambling like some fourth grader. I don't get it, dog. Man, if you're willing to spend $400 on a pair of shoes like that, but you won't spend $10 to buy Maya's new album, I don't know how I feel about that. Ooh, that's the realest comment of this podcast. But, hey, it doesn't get realer than this. We have Pleasure Pete. He's about to join us on the podcast now. So you guys stay tuned. Grab your popcorn. What was I going to say? Grab your grape soda and your bag of chips. Shout out to Pretty Ricky <laughs> oh for that God. line. We are going to have Pleasure P here now. Like I said, another week, another episode, and another special guest, somebody that brought soul back. And I have one with us today. We have one-fourth of the group, Pretty Ricky. Also has done a lot of stuff on his own. We have Pleasure P. What's going on, Pleasure? Ain't nothing to it, man. I'm just in L.A. enjoying this beautiful L.A. weather, man. What's up with you? Not much, man. I was just talking with Ed earlier today about you and your Instagram page. You always show love to new album releases, and you're always posting when a new album is coming up. Ed, how important is that for R&B right now? 
We really need that right now because there are so many releases. I mean, just recently, I just reviewed Maya's album, for instance, and so many of my readers who are people that we consider really in tune with R&B were like, I didn't know Maya dropped anything since 2003. So it's good that we have people who are in the industry supporting their own, helping to get the word out. I mean, we don't have 106 in Park anymore. We don't have a couch anymore. We don't have Video Soul anymore. So this is the way that we promote the music we love. So shout out to Pleasure for putting other artists on and his own work on as well. I think I think I think it's important to do that because, um, like if you look at the charts, man, and you look at you know like it's like, it's like they're trying to alienate R and B. It's like they're trying to get rid of us. I mean, when I put out a new record, right? Say for instance, the You Change record, right? They now say, oh, it's too slow to play an urban radio, so we have to now put you on, uh, like, ur- like we have to put you through Urban AC. So Urban AC is mm. like what Keith Sweat and all of those guys are now, you know. So you got to start it at Urban AC and then see if you can transition it back to Urban. You know what I mean? And you got to think, there's so many different artists like Mario, uh, uh, you know, just a lot of different R&B artists, Omarion. It's, it's a bunch of us that's still out there. So it's like, where do we go now? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, um, you know, it's 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 it's, 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 it's very important that we all post each other's stuff. You know, just because of that. You know, I think we should tour together more. I think we should all support each other just because they're trying to get rid of R and B. That makes any sense. You know what I'm saying? So I, I make sure that yeah. I do it, but it's a lot of other artists who don't do it, and they don't do it because. In their head, they're fighting to be number one, and they don't mm. understand. Like, no, stop trying to be number one. Worry about the the, the genre, bro, because it's about to really be a rap. You you know what I'm saying? It's like rap dominated. When you look at the charts, look at the top thirty songs on the charts. You might get yeah. one R&B song in. You know what? It's it's only because that person's handler has, you know, some kind of, you know, pull for that slot. So you will get one Jacquees song versus two, a Pleasure P, You Change, or this one or that one. You know what I mean? Based on, you know, Baby and Cash Money and how they run their ship at Universal and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's that, like, that's all we have is to support each other. So that's why I think it's important. No, you're absolutely right on that. Ed, we uh, we interviewed Jermaine Dupri last week on the podcast, and he mentioned back in the 90s, he was trying to get his records on Urban AC, and they wouldn't play it because his artists were too young, and it seems like it's it's the opposite going on now. It's crazy now. I mean, and um, Pleasure just mentioned Keith, and it's funny how when I came up, the perception of Urban AC is completely different now. It's like, the, it's like it has switched, and it's kind of frustrating because... A lot of artists see that going to that that um, format is kind of being like the graveyard. Oh, oh, you go, you get banished there, which is unfair to me. Good music is good music. But here's my question to pleasure. How do we do we worry about that? Do we worry about trying to get on more mainstream formats or we just get in where we fit in? We, we, we don't worry about it, which is why we support each other. You know what I mean? Right. Strengthened numbers. So with us supporting each other, what we we're not gonna really need that now. You know what I mean? Of course, you got Spotify, you got all kind of different avenues to to kind of push your music now. So, yeah, that's, nope. that's you know that's that's how I feel about that. Now, pleasure. I gotta let you know right now that Ed 
is one of the biggest he is actually the biggest keith sweat fan in the world and i know you know yeah, pretty yeah. ricky sample pretty ricky sample juicy or they sample the keith sweat record on juicy and i know your keith sweats like your mentor right pleasure so ed what's your question for pleasure Man, what can, because you've already getting, you're getting advice from the greatest. So what advice has Keith given you that has like stuck with your career that you can pass on to some other artists coming up? Because my man Keith did it. Well, for one, you know, he um, definitely told me like how all of them would work together back in the day. He's like, yo, we would have, it was a competition, but we kind of did it together. So that's what I, I, I like. I started. I, I put Jay Holiday. I put Bobby Valentino together, and we did a Kings of Love tour. That was the start of it. You know what I'm saying? But I'm all about this. Every R&B artist in unity working together type of thing. Like all of the, if all of the big R&B acts, say Chris Brown, he have the he has the ability to change music. You know what I'm saying? It's like when Drake. Drake is at the top right now, so mm-hmm. he has the ability to change music. Right when he did the reggae songs now everybody following that trend you know what i'm saying so it's like you know he, he it's like sweat told me you know things like that lsg um you know all of them pretty much work together so i would definitely pass that on the other artists like it's cool to work together it's not it's not about always being in competition with the next artist it's you know yeah we can be in a friendly competition but togetherness is is, is key he also taught right. me that um he told me the difference between a, a regular record and how to make a timeless record. I watched him and Static Major. <laughs> they got into an argument, a big, a big, a real big argument. And Static was cussing out Keith Sweat in front of me. And Keith Sweat was, man, I'm from Harlem. And, like it was a, it was a, it was a, it was one of those things. But they both was great people, and they both have timeless records. And that that was the, that was the argument of who has timeless records. Static like they play pony, whatever, whatever. And then Sweat is talking, and you know, Static like you ain't the best singer, Sweat, and da, 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 da. like they were really going at it. So yeah, like it's it's crazy. Like they and and then right after that, they became like the best of friends. So that's like that's the cool part about it. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, it's just it's just to to try to make more timeless records. You know, like I can I, I can honestly say, on the hotline is a timeless record. You know, Brando Meat is a timeless record. You know. You still hear a lot of our old songs today. It's funny here you talking about Keith and um, Static arguing. I'd be in the corner shaking, like watching mom and dad argue. I'd be like, Mama, no. <laughs> no, we were, on a, we were on our way to this club called Space. Space is like a 24-hour kind of club in Miami. You know what I mean? Well, it, it used to close at like 2, 3 in the afternoon. You know what I mean? So you would go there after the club and literally see people leaving the club at 9, 10 in the morning. So... We were leaving the studio, and and that's when this argument started. And we driving down the space, and then static static turned the radio up while Keith Sweat was talking. Like, man, I ain't trying to hear it. I'm trying to hear this pleasure, Pete. Man, you talking about <laughs> timeless music? Like, I ain't make no timeless music. And he was just his point was just you know that 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 timeless music thing only. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I learned that from him as well. Don't try to follow the trends all the time. Like, be the person to try to make some make a difference in music you know like i still hear i did your own people still singing that you know what i mean like we got a couple classics under our belt now how did you uh, develop a relationship with keith sweat because we've talked to so many 
R&B acts from your generation and Keith Sweat is like the big brother to all of them so how did you develop your relationship with him well um let me see everybody that, that, that was around me knew that like that's my favorite singer that's like you know what I mean I look up to him and things like that and they actually paid him to come sing at my birthday party it was like a surprise birthday party so I didn't know about it it was like um, let me see. I was in the studio recording. And it was like, you got to do an appearance at this club. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to do the appearance, whatever, right? So I walk into the party. M- matter of fact, I'm walking, I'm, walking, I'm walking into the party, and I took a picture in front of this step and repeat, and I didn't even realize it was my logo and everything on the step and repeat. So I walk in the <laughs> party, then I see Jazz Prince. I'm like, okay, what up, Jazz? I ain't no use in town. And I see another person I know. But I'm like, oh, y'all got me, man. Trina <laughs> was there. Buster Rhymes was there. There were so many people there. And then next thing you know, out of nowhere, Keith Sweat comes out and performs. And I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? And he stayed He stayed in Miami for a couple of days. So we got to talk. And he bought me, like, an outfit for my birthday. And you know what I mean? And from then, you know, it's just been, like, a big homie. You know, when I go to Atlanta. I mean, we, 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 we have a few unreleased records together. We never released them. Every time, every time I ask him about them, man, they're somewhere in my computer, man. You know, he just be holding on. The, he, he's like that when Mace is like that. Like, I, I have songs with Mace. And, like, yo, what's up with that song, man? It's just going to sit on the hard drive, man. Hopefully one day the world will get to hear those songs, though. But, yeah, that's how we started being cool and stuff. Now, Pleasure, I got to ask you, you know, you mentioned Static earlier. The Pretty Ricky song, Your Body, who came up with the line, grab a grape soda, bag of chips, that's all I got? Because that, to me, is, like, one of the most memorable lines from Pretty Ricky. Who came up with that? Was that Slickum? Yeah, Slickum came up with that, but he got that from, uh, what is it, 8-Ball um, and MJG. He got that from them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. right, that right. Is. So he got that from them, so he can't take credit for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> We got to give pleasure some more props here. You know, on your Instagram, every so often, I see you posting these R&B classics. Like, I remember you posted the Drew Hill song, April Showers, a while ago, Jagged Edge. Uh, a lot of Jagged Edge songs as well. But I got to ask you guys, I'm just going to put you guys both on the spot. Ed, you can go first. What's the better record? Yeah. Jagged Edge, I Gotta Be, or 112 Cupid? Oh, come on. I Gotta player. Be. Oh. <laughs> I Gotta Be. He, he wow. just jumped in that quick. <laughs> I, see, I got to think hard on it. Like, I got to be, I play more, but I don't know. Cupid might be the better written record. I don't know. It's tough. I'm going to go with Cupid, but I do play I Got to Be more. I Got to Be, man. Uh, that's To me, if you play this, I mean, if you play both of them, people are going to go crazy. What yeah. Got to Be is like, I don't know, it's just something about, I don't know. When that song drops, I don't know. Right. <laughs> but, Ed, when we look back, there's such a huge missing piece in R&B right now with the R&B male groups especially. We're missing those harmonies. You know, Ed, you talk about what's going on right now. I play. I don't know what the deal is. Like, in my generation of R&B, there were so many groups. Like, there was literally a group. I swear, every other week that was dropping. And they always had at least one or two signature hits. I mean, from, it didn't have to be Boys to Men and Jodeci, the top tier. You had, like, the As Yet's, you had the Silks, you had the, I mean, it was just group after group after group. 
Yes. I mean, Blackstreet, Ideal. Like, it was just groups all on top of groups. Player, 112, JE. But for me, um, Pleasure, why do you think we just miss... What happened to the art of the group? Because really, Pleasure, um, Pretty Ricky, and then maybe a little bit after that, Day 26, you guys kind of just wrapped up the entire genre. Well, no, that groups are, are hard to deal with. Groups are hard to sign. Groups are more expensive now. Um, a lot of a lot of the labels took pay cuts. They don't develop artists anymore. You know what I mean? True. Like it's just True. a whole different thing. And then on top of that, you got some kid on the internet that oh that's that that that's good right now. Oh, let's just get that money. Like that, like it, remember, it's business at the end of the day for these people. But for us, because we actually love the music, you know what I'm saying? It's 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 you know it's personal for us. But these people in them in them you know in like the suits. <laughs> Yeah, they don't care about they don't care about nothing. They don't even listen to some people don't even listen to R and B, but they they invest into it and put their money behind it just based off of the numbers. You know what I'm saying? Crazy. But I think overall that's why because groups are hard to deal with. You never know. You know, it's so many different personalities. If it ain't one person, it's this. It's like it's hard. Trust me, because I'm I'm in the group, so I know. It's hard. Right. And it's even. Ed, it's even different because, like, Pretty Ricky, you guys came up together. You guys were in the same city, and I noticed in the 2000s, they were just putting groups together. They didn't, they didn't even live together. They didn't even know each other up until they became a group, so I think that's crazy, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely heard that with a few female groups in the early 2000s where they were just literally just plucking people together and jamming them together. Then there's no chemistry, there's no friendship, there's no relationship. So when you get on the road and times get hard, there's nothing going to be a common bond for you. So, of course, it's going to fall apart. It's really not a hard time. I think it's just it's always jealousy. Then there's the people who who, uh, who I call, like, yes people. They want to be mm-hmm. down with that person. So they put all these things in that person's head, and that person now stops playing their position. Like, you know you ain't the lead singer of that group. You know, like, <laughs> happy that you got your fear, like, why are you trying to? Why you want to be that person all of a sudden now? You know what I'm saying? Is that what you got in it for? Then, then, then people start thinking, man, I, I could do it too on my own, and I, I could do solo too. And, you know, it, it shouldn't be like that. It should be like, yo, you want to do a solo album? Yo, we support you, man. Let's do it. Let's get behind you and let's rock out. You know what I'm saying? Okay, you want to do this? Like that's how a, that's how a successful group is supposed to work. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, like I said, it's hard when you got the. The, the other people that come in and they brainwashing this person and this person don't don't know how to play their position and jealousy and I mean those are the only things that mess up a group you know what I'm saying outside of that if you just came to do your job it, it shouldn't be no complications and no problems you know get your check go home do your performance it's not hard go home go to the studio right. record your song go home it's not hard man it's so they, they make it so much more than what it is. There's a time that everybody got to be somewhere. Respect everybody's time. Be on time. You know what I mean? If you're going right. to be late, say, yo, I'm going to be late. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not hard. You know, Pleasure, we talked to Jay Holiday probably about two weeks ago now, and he was talking about just the transition in R&B from the late 2000s to around 2010 and 2011. Ed, can you just remind us what was going on during that era? Um, that is around the era where, unfortunately, R&B, to me, got to, even though we had a lot of talented artists there, with the influx of hip-hop, 
I feel like R&B started to lose itself a little bit. And there's a generation of artists there who are putting out great music. But as the industry shifted, their music got harder and harder to come by as far as to mainstream ears. Hip-hop started to influence it a little bit. And that's where I feel like the tone began to shift. And we saw the influence of EDM and some other things going on. A lot of artists who were R&B going pop. So i like to know Pleasure's thoughts on how that era, that late 2000s era, and kind of the shift in the culture, what he saw on his end. Yeah, especially Pleasure, especially on your second album that you were working with, Atlantic. Like, what was going on during that time? Because that never came out. Yeah. My, my second, pretty, uh, my, like my solo album? Yeah, yeah. When, while you were still with Atlantic, because I know you put out that record with LaToya, and that was it pretty much. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, that was, uh, that was, they kept me on ice, <laughs> kept me in the studio recording while they blowing Trey songs up at the same time even more. So it was more so Trey songs type of, type of thing during that, during that era. And I remember just being in the studio, sitting on the bench, like when I'm, when I'm, when, when I'm going to start back playing again. And then, you know, they'll be like, I'm going to put it out and then don't put it out. We're going to put it out and then don't put it out. And then finally, I was just like, you know what? Give me my release. And let me move on if y'all not going to do nothing. But don't hold me here with where I can't do nothing. And Craig Calman said, okay, I got, you know, I let this go on long enough. All right. And he let me go. They don't do that to, to a lot of artists. But they know what I've been through. They know, you know what I mean, for them like to be investors and stuff like that. And then, you know, the social media thing happens and this rumor happens from, you know, some people who was jealous that I was number one. You know what I mean? It kind of right. set me back. But I went to another situation. I went to Entertainment One, and I came out with a single, I Love Girls. And then that's when Tiger fronted on me. And then that was the whole situation, trying to get out of that contract. And it's just been a long, it's been a long time coming. And I hooked up with Ghazi at Empire. And then since then, we've been, you know, pretty much consistently rocking out with music and things like that. But to answer your question um, about the, um, the R&B stuff, I mean, I think right now we're at the transition. We're at the transition stage of you remember when Jodeci was out and they were hot and then rap mm-hmm. came and dominated that whole thing and then you ain't hear nothing up from Jodeci again. It's kind of like that right now. You know what I mean? You got all of the rappers are singing now, so there's no need to feature R and B singer on a song because they can just auto tune themselves and just you know what I mean? Just go for it. Half of them are singing and stuff like that now, so. I think we, you know, I think it's just a timing type of thing. But I will tell you this, like, I'm now doing, like, my own R&B parties and stuff like that. I'm working on things like that. And I have some friends who, who do it as well. And, man, they pack out venues, three, 4,000 people. When Pretty Ricky's doing a concert, packed out. Pretty Ricky Day 26 sold out. You know what I mean? So now our generation is starting to get fed up. Like, okay, you know, we, we met hearing real music, and people will come see it. They'll go see Tank. It's a lot of R&B concerts and stuff happening now, too. I just want to see more of the people from our generation do it together as well, though. So I think we're not just now getting to that because we're doing, like, a Scream Tour reunion and, you know, just different. Out Like, I was um, off of the tour the, the other day with Lloyd, um, Pretty Rick. Well, was it Pretty Ricky? Um, yeah, Lloyd, Pretty Ricky, um, Bobby Valentino, uh, Mario, or somebody else. Uh, I forget who else was on 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 um oh and T Pain. You know, it was like that kind of tour. So, you know, it, it's coming together, man. But I think that's what we are in terms of that transition. So we'll get into the Scream reunion tour later. But 
Ed, do you remember how big that Scream tour was? I mean, that was like a cultural thing for R&B in the 2000s. All the youth went to go watch that. All the youths went to go watch it. Yeah, I remember. That was around the time where, like, the generation of R&B fans kind of behind me. I remember um, I remember being in Louisville at the time. And, like, the kids that I would be working with, like, they were into... They were super into B2K and all of that. So, and Bow Wow. And when those Scream Tour hits, it was, it was um, like pandemonium. And it was such a, a cultural shift because these artists, these R&B artists, were getting treated like mega, mega pop stars. It was huge. And I think that a lot of fans kind of forget about how big that stuff was at the time. Because a lot of artists, you don't see that level of hype and just hysteria around R&B artists today that you did then, and it wasn't that long ago. I feel like they, like this generation, they don't respect the people that paved the way for them. You know what I'm saying? So they'll, you, you washed up now. Like, no, I still fill out shows without putting out a record, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Keith Sweat is like Keith Sweat. He works every weekend. Like he sells out arena or auditoriums and things like that. Every weekend, Jagged Edge, mm-hmm. 112, all those guys work. Drew Hill, they never not working. They still getting money. So for me, like, when I meet them, even to this day, it's like I got so much respect for them, those guys. You know what I mean? But these kids, they, I, don't know, I don't know what's up with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so weird, man. Yeah. It's just a different mindset because um, I think I can't I think it might have been Jay Holiday. It was either Jay Holiday or JD who were talking about him on an earlier podcast. There's a this generation of artists just doesn't have that hunger grind mentality that the re, the previous generation had, where you really had to work. And I don't know if it's because the social media era gets you more hype and gets you. It, it gotta yeah, be yeah, for sure. Like you know, what I mean, everybody think that they're a star now. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Like, oh, I'm I got more followers. And, you know, a girl who shows her ass every day, of course you're going to have a bunch of followers. You know what I'm saying? But you can't, <laughs> right. but you can't sell out of the auditorium. Ain't nobody coming to see you. What, what you going to do, take off your clothes? You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you know, it, 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 that's that's the problem, though. That's that's mainly the problem. Like, everybody thinks that they're starting. They're doing it for likes and numbers and things like that. So they feel like they don't got to respect anybody because they can just get it popping off the Internet. They ain't have to, you know, like us, we had to go to everywhere and touch everybody. We we had to campaign. We had to be in three, four cities every day. You know what I mean? We had to be our own street team and put our own posters up and put make people go into clubs and things like that on our own and really, like, work, you know? These artists, they don't have to do that. They didn't have to do that. So they don't have no respect for it. They go, oh, I, I can do this. Look, oh, look how many views I got. Oh, next thing you know, they'll start. It's <laughs> crazy. And it's a problem is it also, and I mean, don't let me bring numbers into it, but like it doesn't translate to sales. So you got all this hype, you got all these followers, everybody sharing your stuff, little ragged websites, writing these little think pieces about you. But when the album drop, ain't nobody copping because you didn't put in that grind. You didn't put in that work. So even though the hype is behind you, you don't have that fuel behind you to get your music out there. So at the end of the day, if you're not putting in work, and the best artists, the ones who are still selling all the ones still out here doing stuff. So, Pino, what are you talking about? Trust me, man. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I just laugh, man. I just laugh. I, I I don't get frustrated. It can be frustrating at times because you know, I, like, I know I'm dope. I know I got good music, and I know 
you know, they they never gave me my first shot. You know what I'm saying? You know, every time I was number one, you know, I had somebody gunning for me, trying to take that from me. You know what I'm saying? Every time, though, like, this is going to be the third time I'm coming back with music again. Now, let's see. I'm like, this time, can't nobody take that from me. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> niggas going to get hurt trying to take it from me this time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm sincere. I'm serious. I understand. Now. I was younger then. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I'm, 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 you know, I got my mind together now, and I'm just ready to work, you know? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Now, Pleasure, I got to ask you, because Pretty Ricky, they went, you guys went platinum a couple of times, and I look at so many acts from the 90s, from the 2000s, they were selling 2 to 3 million every album, and when you look at the album sales now, they're selling 2,000 at most, and it's like, where are those 2 million people that once upon a time bought your records? Are they, like, where did they go? Well, I'm going to tell you where they went. They got kids and stuff now, they got rent is due, you know, so, so you got to really give them a reason to want to buy the album. And I think R&B or any artist is like a baseball team or a basketball team or like a like a Miami Dolphins fan. You know, they they win one game, oh, yeah, they bang. You know, they, they, they won something. They win three games, they might be doing something, but, yeah, whatever. They win six games, oh, yeah. Well, you, you, you hear about them? They, they, start, they start winning like eight games. Now you see people coming out with a tailgate and they put paint on their face. <laughs> they got the jersey and they, they, they at the game they at the stadium. Like, that's how it is. So, you know, my thing is just consistency and patience. And, you know, those people will eventually come. And the other thing you got to keep in mind, too, though, Kyle, is like it's just a whole different era. I remember back in the early 90s, all you needed was a hot single, and there you go. You at least going gold off the single. Uh, uh, if you got a really good single, your album going platinum off of that. But now, because of streaming and other ways to get music and consume music, you got to go harder. So those fans might not have to put in money when it's easier to just, oh, let me stream. I like this song. All right, let me see what the album talking about. I'll stream and not necessarily put down the nine ninety nine or whatever it is on iTunes because. It's easier to get the music than it was back in the early nineties, where if you wanted, you had to cop. Yeah, you had to go get that tape or that <laughs> or that CD. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or if not, the only the only the only the only thing you could do is hit that double record while the while the um, radio playing and record the song <laughs> for the tape. <laughs> but that's yep. it. That's the only way you're gonna get it. <laughs> DJ talking all over the track. Oh, I know them days. Yeah, all all of that. <laughs> all of that. Exactly. But um Now pleasure, we wanna we wanna get into the we wanna get into the music right now and um it was interesting. You know, I listened to your last mixtape and you had the song Letter to My Ex and that ended up on SWV's album under another title, Miss You. How did that did you are you aware of that? Yeah, we know about it. You know what I'm saying? We know about it, um Vic D is a is a is a wonderful wonderful producer. That's a friend of mine, and um, you know that was pretty much his record. It wasn't it wasn't really like my record like that. It was his record, so you know I didn't really do nothing with it. Um, I just put it on the mixtape, and they wanted the record, so hey, go ahead. It, it was it was originally written for a female to sing anyway. Okay, yeah, so cool. it worked out perfectly. And they did and they they did a. Wonderful job to it too. What you think? Right. No, it was yeah, cool, but I like that joint. Yeah, I was just like we were just thinking because we had Jay Holiday here a couple of weeks ago, and he, he was talking about his record and how it was 
taken by BBD, uh, Belbiv Devolent, we find that happening a lot in R&B nowadays, and it's like songs are being recycled, which kind of feels, I don't know, it just doesn't feel cool to me anymore. It's like back then you would hear a new song, and you wouldn't hear it from another artist, but I guess it's just a different time in R&B. <laughs> nah, what it is is if producers and, and people, they got to they, they gotta get paid, man. They need money, man. So, hey, if, yeah. if this you got to do right now, man, make your money. You know what I'm saying? And that's just the bottom yeah. line. We make a lot it's of money not even on the songwriting and, and, and producing part. We make a lot of money, man, too, doing that. I remember back in the 90s, um, LL had that lounging remix, and then Shades had the same beat. And you would be like, why do these songs got the exact same beat? But, you know, it's not, it's a little bit more uncommon than probably it was back then, but it happens. I mean, look right. at Floyd Banks in the, in the Bobby Smurder song. Yep. Yep. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Songs like that. You know? Exactly. Yep. If not, somebody going to do a cover to your song. So I look at it as equivalent to that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? SWV. You know what I'm saying? Did a cover to one of my songs. And, you know? <laughs> that's how I look at it. Right. <laughs> we did a good job. You know? <laughs> we got paid. Cool. So pleasure you know we've talked about some of your history we've talked about r&b in general what's coming up for you i mean you dropped the single what else is coming up for you man i got so much music i'm about to drop i mean think about it i've been recording all of this time all i do is record so it's just like before you know you want to get the product you know what i mean then of course i had to be free of certain contracts and things like that now that i'm able to now, now that i'm free and i'm able to do whatever the hell i want to do it's, it's going to be a lot more, like different. You know what I mean? I have my, I have my own record record company now, and it's going to be different. I'm, I, I have the money to, to, to push the product now. So it's going to be crazy, man. I got um, a new single with Flo Rida coming out, um, maybe like in another week or two. I'm, I'm dropping that. I got my um, my Urban single. Since they say my You Change record is too slow at Urban, I say, you know what, let me get them something a little more clubby. So I got a song called... Um, go or we don't go you know what i mean that's coming out of course we got you know the um the um the you change record out so we're just gonna work those three to begin with and then as you will hear it like i I, like i'm gonna drop like three albums this year and that's also and that's also the uh pretty ricky album right yep pretty ricky pretty ricky album comes out um we're gonna we're gonna put that out around the tour we're looking at July the 12th for the tour um, to start. So around July, you know, yeah, around July, we'll drop the pre-Ricky album and stuff. Cool. And who's on this tour? Um, So far, um, it's Bow Wow, Us, T.I., and who else? It's, it's, it, whoever was on the, the tour before, I got to get the, um, I got to get the, um, like, like the, the printout of who all going to be on it because I know Michael was working on more people but um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be lit that should definitely be exciting now you know before you get out of here we got a couple of quick questions for you um you can answer this question or if you want to pass on this you can i have another question ready for you but you know ed's favorite artist of course is keith sweat tom who's unfortunately not on the podcast right now his favorite artist is music soul child so who's the better artist pleasure p out of music soul child and keith sweat 
Keith Sweat. My man. I love me. I love me. I love music. Don't get me wrong. Like he, he made some dope stuff, and I'm a big fan of music, so child. But come on, man, I'm I'm I'm, I'm rocking with the OG man. Right. <laughs> now that one was a little. Music is better. Keith Sweat or Usher, yep. and it's like, oh, now that's a that's a tough one. Uh, well, we won't get into that, but I'm going to ask you the second question. Um, you know, was there a record that was presented to you or that you wrote that, you know, you weren't sure about? I mean, I read that um, the song on the hotline. You weren't sure. You weren't sure about that one when Static presented it to you, right? Well, we we, we all wrote it together. Um, we were we would all write records together. So we wrote it together. But after I record, like, I think it was the vibe that I was in because we were going through our little, like. Like, like right before that session, it was like a, a big argument at the other studio that I was recording at. And then we ended up going to this studio now to record. So I was like in a bad space. So I just didn't want to be around because there was just a lot going on personally. And then I recorded it and I didn't really like it at first. And then I didn't really hear it. I didn't listen to it as much because we had so much other songs to listen to. And then one day I went to sing Spectacular and that's all he was playing. I'm like, that song is hard. You know what I mean? Like, tell you, boy, this the one. I'm like, yeah, it sounds good now. Okay. And then we go to Atlantic Records, and then we're pushing Love Love Like Honey to be the first single. And I think Court, like, we like it was we were, we were playing music for the Court DJs. And um, they all was in the room. And it was like, okay, this is the new single. And they like, okay. And then we was like, nah, play the other one, man. This this probably the one that y'all would, would like. If y'all looking for more up-tempo, and they played it on the hotline, and that's, that was it. Record label, everybody went crazy. Like, nah, that's the one. That's the one. And, you know, that's the history behind that. But I did not like that song at first. When we was writing it, it was like, you know, your mom telling you to eat eat, eat fucking vegetables and you don't want to eat it at the same time. It was like, yeah, <laughs> it's like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, that's an awesome story. Um, and then just a couple more questions here. This is a question that Tom actually likes to ask. But Pleasure P, what's your drink of choice? Patron. I love Patron. I drink Patron with ginger ale on the rocks. And now they have this blueberry Red Bull. So I mix it with that. So now the whole drink looks purple. So people think I'm drinking like lean or purple stuff. But no, I'm drinking. That's that's actually what it is. We call it the pleasure tea. But I drink it all the time. <laughs> that's my favorite drink of choice. Patron. Nice. Yeah, I like that blueberry Red Bull. Like that's, I like that too. I'll be on that. Yo, I'm telling you, try to mix, try that mixture, man. I'm telling you, it's a great drink, bro. The pleasure, PI. All right, the pleasure. <laughs> and then I remember I interviewed um, another. I forget who it was, but they were talking about Static and how he loved drinking wild turkey. Did do you guys like that? Nah, listen. Static's favorite drink was Crown Royal. By the way, he drink Crown all like every 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 um session. Then later on, he started drinking wild turkey so he'll either have that or maker's mark those are his favorite three drinks and he'd be like no man whiskey man so something is i guess it's something stronger than crown you know what I mean? he needed something stronger than crown so he could drink he can go all night you know what i mean and not and not be phased you wouldn't even think he drunk or anything still cool just sipping crown and coke but that was just, that was his drink of choice those three damn cool and then pleasure if we can ask, what's on your tour rider? We ask every artist that joins us on this, what's on your tour rider? Something that might be a little weird or, weird or you know, unique, maybe even back during the Pretty Ricky days. Man, to be honest, 
only thing on my Torada um, is drinks, like Patron and things like that, like different kind of drinks, um, water, towels, and that's it. Like, I don't ask the promoter for too much. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I don't need half of the stuff. Like, they'll get all of this food. And I've been in situations to where I was in a rush and I wasn't able to go to the dressing room and then people be mad at me and say I'm, I'm so messed up of a person because they spend all day get my dressing room together and all that. So for me, I just keep it simple. I just want to be in and out of that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I don't have time for that. Drama. <laughs> you know, I just keep my drink. I'm happy. For sure. So, Pleasure, that's all that we've got for you. Is there anything you'd like to add? Oh, the next season of Love and Hip Hop is coming. <laughs> I forgot to tell y'all that when y'all said what else I got going on, but yeah, we're about to do that. And we're going to just use that platform and just keep putting out music, but you know, we got to work on more R&B artists working together. So that's my mission is to get more R&B artists working together. If we all tweeted each other albums and things like that, like say if Keisha Cole dropped an album, you know, Wednesday, you got everybody from the culture tweet that album. Trust me, R&B going to be popping in no time. You know what I mean? You got us all touring together, you know, more, to, more of the, you know, head people or the people that's on top right now. They need to start reaching out. Okay, Neo, who you got on your tour? Me, you know, Pleasure P, Mario, this one. All right, Chris, who you taking on your tour? Okay, I got six black, but I got a couple of the R&B homies too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, take different people that's, that's on top need to take more people out and, you know, let's get this thing popping if they really love it. I actually love R&B music. You know what I mean? It's not about the business so much. It's, it's just about me loving music. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much my message in this whole entire interview yeah we definitely do so pleasure i want to i want to thank you again for joining us on this podcast man of course you're a keith sweat fan so you're cool with us uh but man you're welcome anytime back onto this thing ah uh, thank you my brother i appreciate you guys for having me and that was pleasure p shout us to pleasure me pleasure p that was a great podcast ed yeah, and Pleasure came with the insight. I love having artists on who not only can give us good insight, who clearly love R&B, but also love Keith Sweat as much as me. Sorry, Tom, you lost another one. Dude, Keith Sweat and Static got into a fight? That's crazy. Player, if I witnessed that, I would cry. Like, I would, oh, I would be bawling. I'd be just, uh my two favorites arguing with each other. My heart would be breaking. Yep. <laughs> So we're going to get into the soul back track of the day. Tom, for some reason, is not here, so we can't do that with him here. So I'm going to have to take over. Ed, we'll go with the Pleasure P record just because he was here and he was such a great guest. We'll go with the record mm-hmm. Under by Pleasure P, produced by Tank. You like that record, don't you? I do. Um, my favorite Pleasure P record, of course, is Did You Wrong, but Under might be my second favorite. Yeah, that really was underrated song, and I think if I remember, it may be one of his better performing songs too. Yep, it actually got nominated for a Grammy from from what I remember, and uh, yeah, that was one of the biggest songs of two thousand and nine. So shout out to the Pleasure P for joining us. Ed, what's going on with SoInStereo.com? Man, so much. If you missed it this past week, hit up SoInStereo.com because your boy was on one. So we talked a little bit earlier about the review of Maya's album, TK. <coughs> TKO, go check that out. I also review for my hip-hop heads, J. Cole's new album, K.O.D. Now, J. Cole, as we know, is one of those controversial artists where 
anytime he coughs on Twitter, everyone goes crazy and calls it a classic. Is his new album a classic? I will tell you. Hint, it ain't. But check out my thoughts on KLD. It's a solid album, but it definitely has its flaws. So I will tell you all about that on Soul and Stereo. Plus, I also, this is about a week late, but I didn't talk about this last podcast. Beyonce at Coachella. I finally got around to watching that performance. Yet another thing that people kind of raised as one of the greatest things of all time. I reviewed her Coachella performance, and this is one of the times where the hype was absolutely necessary. So, see my thoughts on it and why I thought it was one of her, to me, I think it might be her finest hour as far as live performances. And I forgot to mention earlier that last night, I actually went to see her live. And I know that's your girl, Kyle. And I was kind of not expecting a lot from the live performance because her music is so mellow. I'm not sure how it would translate live, but her performance was fantastic. So shout out to her. She really impressed live. If she has, you have opportunity to see her live, go see her. She did good. Absolutely. You hear that DJ Soulchild? Cause DJ Soulchild <laughs> and I have this running argument where he claims that Nao is the best young R&B singer. And I always tell her it's her and looks like, her got another point right there from Edward Bowser. Yes, I love her nail, but I think her might be pretty high on the list. She performed this um unreleased track. Oh, I'm saying this is off the chain. She's got some heat player. Yep. And you know, we go back to that Coachella performance really quickly, but Ed, I got to say Kelly Rowland, it's interesting cuz as a solo artist, I don't know what happened, but it never seemed like she was able to get into that superstardom level. But as part of a group and as, like, you know, the, one of the lead singers in the group, she knows her role in that group, and she does it exceptionally well. She, I mean, for when it comes to that, she kind of stole, I don't say she stole the show, but she I stole she that did. performance. She yeah. really, we underestimate her, and we kind of, you know, oh, Beyonce's kind of surrogate little sister, ha, ha, ha. But I feel I have always contended that if she was away from Beyonce, like, if she was just her own artist, she would have been much better received. She's got some good yeah. stuff. She knows how to perform. She's got a voice. Kelly's off the chain. Don't sleep. Yeah. And she Michelle, on the well. other hand. No, Ed, we got to uh, give it up to Michelle. Her dance steps, she was on beat with the rest of them. There were no missteps in that performance at all from her, and she sounded fine. Well, every once in a while, twice a day, a broken clock is all right. So. Aww. <laughs> Man, you got to give Michelle more love than that. But um, as far as you know, I got soul.com. Most recently, I interviewed Moonchild. I put it up on the website. And you know what? That was like, first of all, they're super nice people. But that was like one of the weirdest interviews I've ever done because they (laughs) acted just like regular people. There was no celebrity or anything like that. They came and gave me a hug. Yeah, and that's what makes Moonchild so endearing. I think that is something that fans have kind of been able to pick up from them, even though they're still relatively new to the game. So I definitely am not surprised by that. But, Ed, I got to tell you a funny moment, and I want everyone who's about to go check out that Moonchild interview to check this out. So at one point during that conversation, I asked them if, because if you listen to their music, let's be real, it sounds like something that Joe Scott would do. And even the vocals, they sound like, yeah. you know, like 
like from that neo soul era so to see them live and to see them in person just to see three average caucasian musicians it's like how yeah it doesn't make sense how that translates into that neo soul vibe so i asked them you know have fans been surprised when they've seen you know moonchild live and in person and i got the funniest response ever and it was like something totally off centered and they were like yeah the fans didn't know we were horn players so they were surprised when they found out that we could play horns and i'm like that's not what i was alluding (laughs) to but okay (laughs) oh my gosh i love them more and more with every story yeah uh but man shout outs to moonchild shout outs to pleasure p and ed i guess we're done for this week huh Man, I guess. I didn't do that much yelling. We got to get Tom back next week so my blood pressure can go up. But, yeah, pretty good. Yep. And, man, I got to mention, and I'll probably announce it on Instagram later this week. And unless things change, I got to say right now, we have a very special guest next week. And I'm going to let you know right now, we have Stokely from Mint Condition coming next week. I just had to put that Lord, Lord, yes. Stokely, one of the greatest voices of all time. I don't want to get too hyped. Until it actually gets here, we can talk about it. Talk about Stokely, Mint Condition. Oh, Lord, your boy's going to be in his element. Absolutely. So, until then, we're going to head out. I'm going to go listen to that Cardi B album, and I know you will do the same. This is Kyle. That's Ed. We are out. Yeah, I'm out.